welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is the podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. crew and welcome to episode 133 of the Most Sport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, and today we are joined by our good friend, Matt Payne for Acclaim Media. Today, Matt is going to be sharing with us some of the tips and strategies he's recently learned, I guess, over the last 18 months, but more recently um, at a sponsorship conference he has attended around what is happening in the world of partnership development on both sides of the track from the sponsors as well as from the athletes perspective so there's lots of um i I think gold nuggets that you guys are going to pick up today around about the future of sponsorship we do touch base about nfts what that is and how you guys can get involved we also just talk about getting your brand out there and just really planning for 2023 and of course the opportunities to work with matt at acclaimed media So I do hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, Depending when you're listening to this, we do have a media workshop coming up on Monday, November the 14th at 7 p.m. Australian Daylight Standard Time with Philippa Garana talking all things media and how you can get started and how you um, can do your media strategy plan for 2023. And very excited to be announced that um, in January and February of 2023 that I will be doing live sponsorship workshops, the winning sponsors workshops throughout the East Coast of Australia. So the link to register your interest in each of those states in Queensland, New South Wales, Canberra, all that state for today, uh, and Victoria will be up there. And if you can race over it, register your interest um, and define which state you're interested in, we will send out more details specific to that area. Once it is all booked and confirmed, it is going to be a one-day workshop. We're going to go through a strategy that you can put into place for 2023 regarding your partnership development. All right, team, let's get started with today's show. Hey, Matt, and welcome back to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. Yeah, thanks, Belinda. Great to be back here. It's uh, been a while since episode one and obviously stepped into the hosting duties as well along the way also. So uh, really good to be back. Yes, well, you have been very, very busy. But before we get into what you've been up to the last 18 months, just introduce yourself and who you are, what you do, and your involvement in within motorsports. Yeah, so Matt Payne, uh, my company's Acclaim and Media. Um, so we've been involved in uh, motorsport and sports in general for about 20 years, along with various other projects along the way. Um, and have looked after both athletes, uh, sponsors and teams along that way. Um, and it's been across quite a broad uh, broad area of, uh, of motorsport. So whether that's from supercars through to IndyCar, uh, back through karting and speedway um, and just about everything in between, uh, I guess, over those years. And um, I've looked after quite a few uh, big sponsorships in the sport, like the likes of Orcon Steel, Castrol, Armour or Pertec. Uh, for example, uh, we went over to the Indianapolis 500 in 2016 with Matt Brabham, uh, which is an amazing experience. Um, and also have been um, editor of uh, Speedway Racing News back in the day, the magazine. Wow, 
Matt, love your resume. You've been doing lots of things. Uh, what do you love? Do you love working with the athletes or on the other side, more the commercial side um, with the yeah. stakeholders? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I like um, I really like working with people coming through the sport and giving a bit of advice and all that sort of stuff. And uh, recently with um, Alex Gardner when he went across to the Ferrari Academy. Uh, we did a session with him just to give him a bit of advice and just do some media training before he went across to that. And he made it through to round two, which was amazing um, and, and really well, um, you know, a really well done thing considering he was probably the youngest driver as part of that uh, part of that shootout. So so that was cool. But I really actually enjoy like the, the sponsorship leverage side um, and, you know, I guess taking a step back from actually being actively involved in a team, um, but you know, working with the sponsor and how they might be able to elevate their uh, their platform within the sport and to the fans. And so, the last eighteen months, you have um, not just worked in motorsports; you've kind of pivoted a little bit or, and grown the business. What have you been up to in the last eighteen months? Yeah, so I've been working with um, a sport newsletter named Sponsorship News. Um, it's Australia's biggest uh, sponsorship subscription-based newsletter with over 2,000 subscribers throughout all sorts of sports. So I've been um, a freelance journalist there. I'm in COVID uh, with an events-based business. COVID kind of knocked that on the head. And um, I've been a friend of the owner of Sponsorship News for many years. Um, and so I've been working with him. And, you know, that can uh, can see any day going from uh, speaking to the NRL, someone in the NRL, someone at the AFL, in a club, a sponsor, you might go to basketball. Basketball's pretty strong in terms of what they're doing in a commercial sense at the moment, and even surf life-saving or surfing. Um, so it's really diverse, and I can be speaking to, um, to to rights holders, as in, like, you know, the the team or the, um, the overall league, um, right down to sponsors or agencies and so on, and um, even recently hosted a, um, a conference at uh, Marvel Stadium in Melbourne with... 150 people from right across the spectrum and um yeah that was both both parts nerve-wracking but also interesting just to get an insight as to what's going on across various areas um of sponsorship not just sport but like right through the arts into ballet and um and so on and so forth as well i'm still waiting for my ticket but that's okay we won't go there um... my business <laughs> I asked you for a ticket. You said yes. Anyway. <laughs> I can't give away anything. I'm going to get one myself. <laughs> Let's go into a bit of those insights. Obviously, uh, it's great to know about different arts, as you said, and sponsor um, and different sports around about like what the sponsorship and PR and branding and all that kind of looks like. Um, so can you talk with us a little bit through with what you've learned at that conference and, and just like generally working in sponsorship every day, day in and day out? Like what's kind of changed after COVID? Um, right now, and this is like across a lot of the sports and uh, and I especially got this from AFL a couple of months ago, is that there's such an appetite for people to get back to sport. Um, you know, the AFL scene, it, I mean, if we look at something at the time of recording the last couple of weeks, the ICC T20 World Cup, India's getting, you know, sellout crowds for the MCG, um, you know, 90 to 100,000 people, which is amazing. Um, the Gold Coast 500 up here um, a couple of weeks ago, the atmosphere in town, I've not felt probably since the IndyCar days, 
Um, you know, I had a couple of days off and basically just became a tourist in my own town early that week because it was just, it had a real buzz about it. And um, the Gold Coast Surface Paradise hasn't had a buzz like that for a long time across various events, um, regardless of whether it's the V8s or not. And then when you went to the V8s, you could barely move in there. Um, it was huge. It was just amazing. And, um, you know, we saw that earlier on this year with the Formula One Australian Grand Prix as well, is that people just want to get back to sport. And, um, you know, the, the rights holders are starting to feel that. That's what I'm picking up. Um, and sponsors are starting to respond as well. So, um, you know, football, for example, is signing up a whole range of new partners. Like today, just signed Lego uh, across both the Matildas and the Socceroos. Uh, for a program um, that's working towards a, a grassroots program um, that's raised over uh, raised about $300 million into 2023 as we head to uh, the World Cups, not only for the men in a couple of weeks' time, but for the women in July next year as well. Um, so you're starting to see um, companies like that. Then you've got the Adelaide 36ers, who I think is probably the most uh, progressive club in Australia that I've certainly dealt with. Um, from their commercial point of view, um, they're signing up all, all, a whole range of, um, of different sponsors to the NBL um, outfit and really taking advantage of the growth of, uh, of basketball in Australia, both from a, um, a fan perspective and a participation perspective. And I think even in motorsport, if you have a look at, um, you know, the things that Australia is doing now um, on the global stage, I mean, we've got Jack Doohan, um, as the, the FP1 driver at Alpine. You've got Oscar Piastri, the first driver to come through the Australian Kart Championship system under the AKC uh, system to make it into Formula One next year with, uh, uh, with McLaren. I mean, it's an exciting time. And you look through even Scott McLaughlin, what he's doing in IndyCar, um, even launching a sprint car team overnight with uh, Jared Waitley, Timmy Hodges, who's... Um, the producer of uh, AFL 360 and a mad sprint car fan and Jack Revolt, um, you know, like you've got those guys that have jumped into uh, to, to team ownership to bring a new focus to it with Napa Auto Parts. Um, as an Australian uh, in motorsport, it's a really exciting time. And I think that now that the world is reopened, that we've got some great opportunities uh, to be communicating our messages uh, to various people and, um, and I think the shift in um, the way that we communicate, I mean, you're at the other end of the country to me at the moment as you're interviewing me and we're watching each other on video. Um, you know, if you go back 10 years, that would have been almost unheard of to conduct a meeting, let alone an interview in this way, shape and form. Yeah, it's amazing. Technology is amazing. Uh, Australian motorsport is amazing at the moment. Obviously, we've still got Hunter as well, McRae going the Indian Lights. Um, there's lots of people going... Lots of places, uh, even um, a few of the Aussies are heading over to New Zealand for that Trans-Tasman um, short series in the TR. Yeah, the TRC, the racing series. Yeah, yeah. Like for those six rounds, like an international flavour. But, yeah, I feel like, again, now athletes are starting to go internationally. I guess that kind of poses the next question around about international sponsorship. Um, do you feel like it, it, it's it's obviously just mentioned like Lego going? They're, they're more like the national race teams, but do you think sponsorships now easier to gain, or it's harder, or it's still but still the same? It's around about being unique and showing um, you know what what your differences are and, and the benefits that you can offer that sponsor. 
Yeah, I think that um, it very much is. Like you've really got to um, you've got to be a little bit out of the box, I think, to try and attract it. It's not easier. Um, getting sponsorship is not easy. Um, but once you get them in the door, it's a matter of keeping them there. That's what's um, that's the interesting side of it. Um, you know, you've got to try and get them uh, get them through the gate. Like if you look at uh, let, as an example, Emerson Harvey got Rocket on board. Um, which is John Paul DeJuria's uh, company, which is a mobile phone um, technologist from uh, from the US. I mean, John Paul he launched uh, uh, Patron, like uh, Tequila Patron, and um, Emerson just reached out and said, "Hey, I like the brand. Are you interested in coming on board and sponsoring us?" And they did, and that led to their other brand, which is a beer brand, jumping on board with him as well for his Toyota eighty six. Uh, campaign. I mean, that was obviously in the middle of COVID, so therefore that uh, that kind of changed things up. And I'm not 100% sure on where that's at now, but um, it is a matter of just being out there. And um, you know, COVID has provided opportunities. Another group that I've been uh, been working with um, over recent times on a short short term consultancy has been the FIM World Supercross Championship, which is based here on the Gold Coast, and that purely came out of COVID. Um, there was an opportunity where the American company that held the rights to the World Championship handed it back to the FIM and they put it out to tender. Um, Adam Bailey and Ryan Sanderson, in conjunction with Tony Cochran, uh, put together a proposal, went to them and got it. Um, and it's based here on the GC. And, um, you know, it's fantastic that, um, uh, that they're able to do that. Um, and, you know, in my role, I was, uh, I, I guess I was a traffic warden with the uh, with the agencies, so at any one time I'm managing two agencies in the UK, an agency in California um, and an agency in Melbourne. So therefore, you know, you are relying on video conferencing, um, late night telephone calls, early morning telephone calls, that type of thing uh, to make it all come together. And I mean, that does open up opportunities. So if you do have a brand that's got um, a presence in Australia, uh, reach out to them. Why not? Um, reach out to them and see what you can do, but be different. Like, you know, offer up something that's unique, but make sure you work your butt off to leverage sponsorship. Like you've really got to push that brand out there um, to make sure that they maximise what they're getting from you. Um, and whether that's wearing their hat at every opportunity, whether that's, um, you know, your social media posts, but don't rely on your social media alone, but, you know, come and connect with your commentators connect with the stakeholders that um, they're involved and see how you can leverage that. I mean, the one that I'll always come back to is Brock Feeney with Boost Mobile. Um, you know, you'd hang out with Brock at a family barbecue and he'd be wearing his Boost Mobile hat. And next thing you know, he's got a sponsorship from Boost Mobile into his Super 2 outfit. Now, look at him, he's now part of the Red Bull um, 888 racing team because he knew how to, how to work it. Like, you just work it, work it, work it. You don't stop working it. It's a 24-7 deal. That's right. Like I said, we're always a walking billboard for ourselves um, and any sponsorship opportunity. Uh, so, mate, you just mentioned that you come off the sponsorship conference. Uh, were there any other golden nuggets that you picked up or any, like, tips or strategies that you can share with us today um, other than the one drink pattern just jumped about being that walking billboard and, um, you know, the fact of just being persistent and being unique um, that you identified from the conference? Yeah, I think um, I've probably got more out of the arts section, like with, uh, with Ballet Australia. Uh, that they sort of get involved at the community level uh, because, I mean, obviously uh, if you're a ballet dancer, you're not necessarily a, um, a walking billboard 
for a brand, so to speak. But, um, you know, what they've been able to do is actually become a physical billboard um, with what they're doing. So the the sponsors have involved some of their athletes on billboards and in their advertising and so on and so forth. And um, from what I can pick up, ballet dancers are very much like race car drivers in terms of if they've got to approve the photographs that are taken of them in case their hands are in the wrong spot or in case their legs in the wrong spot. And I'm like, buddy, hell, this sounds like a race car driver to me. Um, well, at so, the end of the day, it is their brand, isn't it? So they, they right. want to be yeah. in, the right, in the right way. So yeah, I guess if they are going to be u- utilising their photos, they want to make sure that their photos represent what they want it to be seen. No, that's 100% right. And that's what I found was quite interesting is that they did take such time in making sure that their, um, I don't know if it, I think embouchure is more of a musical term, but in terms of the way that their their positioning was um, for those particular photographs, even though it might be a still photo, um, that they have to approve all of that and they can't just, you know, throw their leg up and throw their arm out kind of thing. I really found that to be quite interesting. Um, the rise of NFT is also something It was a, um, a panel session. It was our last panel session of the day, which I found quite interesting, um, you know, exactly what's going on um, in that NFT space. Australian Open uh, did something where um, each segment of a court was broken up into um, an NFT, and that's exactly what you bought. And then you could win prizes if a ball landed in a particular spot of the court, um, and so on. So um, that I found really interesting. Um, a couple of months ago, I had a really interesting discussion with um, uh, the AFL's head of NFT, and with their launch, he said, "If you go back five years, eight years, uh, the the rise of um, an electronic ticket." was not something that people accepted. Um, he said, now it's every day of the week. Um, is Like, you basically don't get a printed ticket when you go to the football any longer. Um, he said, like, that's well, something... An issue last night at the concert in Sydney. <laughs> oh, right. And they had to they had to delay, I, I kind of remember, the artist, like, Dupla. It's like a young female. Oh, yeah. chick, I don't know. Um, anyway, so last night, though, at the new stadium in Sydney, um, all the tickets wouldn't work. And so... <laughs> Um, so you know like i like anything there's pros and cons about moving forward with technology but you know then there's a lot of people having to try and find and showcase that they actually purchased the tickets and we couldn't even tell them which tickets they actually like which seats they bought so (laughs) um i'm I'm a bit i'm a bit archaic like that i like having my ticket i'm like Yeah, I like printing printing stuff out. I'm a bit bit old school like that. Well, that's what they ended up having to still do last night in order to get the at a brand new stadium. So it just goes to show. I am going to put on to a spot here and go. You just like talking an acronym there of NFT. I know what it means, but can you share with um our crew what does an NFT mean? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, NFT is a (laughs) non fungible token. So basically, um, it's an opportunity for you to buy. Um, a digital piece, whether it's artwork, whether it's, um, you know, uh, a piece of the tennis court, um, so on and so forth. But, I mean, there, there's some really famous ones like the um, uh, the Ape the Ape NFT. That, like, they're worth hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars now that uh, basically it's retained on the blockchain and then you can on-sell it um, and so on. And, like, depending on what it is, you can actually add to your NFT, so therefore there might be um, an exclusive range of clothing that comes with it. 
um, if you're part of a group, there might be a conference that only NFT holders get access to. So there's ways for brands and athletes to actually create a value add uh, to what is um, effectively non-fungible. Like fungible is like a pen. Um, it's like a piece of money, like a $20 note. That's fungible. Non-fungible is, well, digital. Um, yeah. You know, there is the opportunity for artists and so on um, to add those exclusive value add pieces. Um, so let's have a look at a, a go-kart, for example. You might break up your go-kart into 50 different pieces and therefore sell 50 different individual pieces on the blockchain to people and then therefore they own part of your go-kart. Um and, you know, depending on what part it is, depending on, depends on what it's worth. And then as you go along, that might be part of your branding as you move through the sport. So, therefore, those people come along the ride, there might be a profit share with that as well as you go along the line and are fortunate enough to actually earn some money out of going racing, that type of thing. Um, you know, you can offer up uh, specific merchandise. So, it, only your, NF, your NFT-only owners get one of 50 T-shirts, for example, yeah. or one of 50 specific caps that nobody else can own, um, that you keep you keep that all very much in-house um, so that, therefore, you're adding value to those people uh, that have invested in your brand moving forward. And do you think that's the way of the, at the future or do you think it's kind of like Bitcoin that's going to be successful for about two or three years and then kind of die off? Um, and, and again, I don't know how much of your experience you've got in there, but I, I assume you, like, I, I know it's been really big in the world of um, partnership development for the last yeah. 18 months to two years. I've got little to no experience in it, but, um, you know, to me, I think it's still early days, but, um, you know, if you look at the, the sports that are getting behind it, um, the, the point that I was making before about the AFL with the um, with the electronic tickets, the the head of um, NFTs at the AFL believes that NFT will become exactly what um, the the digital ticket is like now in sort of five years time, and they're they're investing heavily through AFL Mint. Um, Cricket Australia is involved heavily in it as well, um, but I think that motorsports got a great opportunity with the amount of components that we've got in motorsport, considering that, I mean, the majority of people that are listening to this podcast now are motorsport related, we've got a huge opportunity, um, you know, from everything from like the pit area, the truck, the race suit, the team uniform, the car itself. Um, yeah, we've got endless opportunities that we can offer up. Whereas I guess like your, your rights holder, it's fairly limited, like particularly um, if you look at it, the Australian Open Tennis, for example, realistically, they've only really got the court. Um, they've got the court, the net, the seats, um, and that's about it. They they don't have ownership over the um, the athletes. The athletes yeah. will make their own their own product. Um, but motorsport, you know, definitely has endless opportunities in this particular space. I mean, I didn't expect to be going down the NFT. <laughs> on the spot but i guess i think it's right to interrupt but like um do you know anybody that you notice what that's concentrating on that like do you know an athlete that has i know um who Bada has been doing that but obviously he's uh, in international um but predominantly in france and spain and do you know anyone here that's running with the nft or do you know any consultants or anything that's doing nft um, look, in terms of motorsport, I'm not really aware of too many people 
um, in Australia that are doing it. I think the Formula One group, there might be a couple of teams that have kind of um, are skirting around it and thinking about it. Um, you know, I know some other sports are potentially going to jump into that into that space, but it's still pretty early days in the whole area. It's um, uh, you know, to the feedback that we had from the sponsorship conference was that a lot of people, even though it was at the end of a very very long day, um, a lot of people got a lot out of the NFT section because no one really knows exactly. No, that's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's still it, it's still very early days, but you know, I think that um, it's certainly worth having a look at. Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V, he talks uh, quite a lot um, in the Gary V audio experience about NFTs, and it's worthwhile going back probably twelve months in his um, in his audio uh, catalog to have a listen to some of the stuff, and that's certainly how I started to understand a little bit more um, about the space. But, you know, there's certainly opportunities for blockchain companies uh, to jump into the area. And um, and I don't think it would take much uh, for an entrepreneurial motorsport person to jump on board and certainly start making that um, part of your, your merchandise offering, you know, at the top level with your supercars or, um, you know, one of those uh, one of those major other sports, uh, the motorsport events or categories. Well, considering that AFL has appointed somebody to do this role, also the NRL, but regardless, like they're the two biggest sports other than motorsports. Yeah, yeah, other than motorsports in Australia, uh, I think it's definitely a wait. We can see um, space to, to what's going to happen in motorsports. So that's As a, to wrap, to, to put a bow on that, the interesting part about that is Cricket Australia's um, NFT expert or person is actually a North American woman. So that's quite interesting. Like an innately Australian brand like cricket, uh, you might expect an American at the Australian Open, for example, but definitely not cricket, which I found uh, was quite interesting. That's that's for sure. Awesome. So 2023 is fast upon us, Mr Payne. Uh, what are your plans? What's happening for you? What's happening for Acclaimed Media? Good question. No, uh, yeah, I was certainly working on it. We're certainly working on a few uh, few projects at the moment. It was interesting um, to give to give a concept like um, I work with Karting Australia and commentate the national uh, the national series and the major events nationally for uh, with the SP Tools Australian Kart Championship. Um, but aside from a handful of karting events, I haven't actually been to a motorsport um, event since the twenty nineteen. Um, Gold Coast 600. Well, I did walk through the gate at Melbourne. Say, we, we were in the gate. Come on at the Grand Prix. I listened, we're still I, listened there, an, I listened to an engine at the Grand Prix, but I didn't see a car. So I got quite excited when I saw um, when I saw a race car for the first time in three years, two weeks ago. Um, but you know, it's um, it, it was great to be back, to be honest. And um, I was just concerned as to who might remember remember me if anybody because I hadn't seen anyone in three years so uh, it was quite good to be back in the paddock and um you know nothing's really changed but you know there is some opportunities that are starting to present themselves I really want to get back into um into traveling um to motorsport and being part of it whether that's um you know leveraging on behalf of a sponsor um just bringing some um some different thought processes to it because I think it's all very um all very same same at the moment to be honest and um you know there needs to just be some uh, some some i guess blue sky thinking uh brought to what people are doing in the sponsorship space 
um, a true highlight for me over that um, over that weekend was Boost Mobile's activation. Um, so you couldn't walk 100 yards without not running into something orange or black. Um, and it was incredible what they did. There were DJs playing all day. There was uh, guys on jet skis flying through the air, handing out product to people <laughs> on the bridge and, um, you know, big blow-up um, banners and so on and so forth. And um, the way that Boost Mobile activated that event uh, was the best activation that I've seen um, uh, from a naming rights sponsor at the Gold Coast 600 or 500 and many other um, events. And, like, to be honest, I've actually been involved in a few of the naming rights and the events over those years. So um, the way that Peter Adit and Jason, uh, Nathan Kazar and the team did that was quite phenomenal um, and I think certainly set the benchmark and it was probably one of the real highlights of the event for me. Um, and certainly um, I think it can be a blueprint that others can look at um, there was a lot more sponsorship activation than I've seen for a long time um, at a supercars event as well, um, which was really good to see. So um, a lot of brands getting back out there into that activation space. Um, and I think it's uh, from a motorsport point of view, um, it's good to look at other sports, whether that's, um, you know, KFC and cricket um, and so on and so forth. Like uh, Nerf even, Nerf was another one that, I did a case study on during the year that they had um, a really big uh, presence in cricket and, you know, turned a corporate suite into a hotel room for a family um, at the Adelaide Oval kind of thing um, as a prize giveaway. So it's a matter of just thinking outside the box. And I think people want events to go to. So people are going to events now. So, like, and they're interested. So if you're in a support category um, at a V8 event or you're part of the... Um, you're part of like the uh, the speed series with TCR and so on. Um, you know, you've got an opportunity to jump on board. Like even Brandjack, like Super Cheap Auto are doing a great job um, at those speed series events um, and so on with what they're uh, with what they're doing and getting people involved in like taking over a garage so the fans can walk through a garage and actually be at ground level and have a look inside as to what's going on. There's opportunities there to jump on board with all that stuff and um, and do it. It's just a matter of being smart. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, from my perspective, if I'm, a, I'm in a support category, I want to jump on board some of that and work out how I can actually stand out from the crowd. And, um, you know, with the unprecedented levels of TV, whether it is, one of those speed series events um, or, you know, the, the side side show to the supercars. You've got opportunities there. I mean, you know, the classic I remember I did for this very podcast, Luke King, um, and he was um, he was activating with Maotai, which is a, an obscure Chinese brand, a liqueur um, that's not necessarily known in Australia, but he's done a terrific job in being able to leverage the Maotai brand in Australia. Um, and take that to uh, take that to another level. And, um, you know, th there's guys out there, like if you're on that speed series, um, Greg Rust is one of the most approachable guys. I was actually uh, messaged him last night. I listened to his podcast with Carl Reindler and um, Carl brought up some great memories from, you know, things like A1GP that I was involved in. Um, you know, I was on the ground at uh, 
Wanneroo Raceway when he had his fireball. And it brought up, it was literally on the grid that day that it happened. And it was a weird feeling. And um, it just brought up some great memories in that that sense. But Greg's really approachable. Matt Nolte's really approachable. Uh, so to Chad Malon, all of those guys are super, and Richard Crail, they're super approachable when it comes to uh, if you want to reach out with information because they don't have information. Like, they don't know what they don't know. Um, and even, like, at the weekend, I was commentating uh, the Ultimate Club Racer event and some of the races were extreme blowouts. And, like, what am I going to talk about when someone's 20 seconds in front of the field? Um, thankfully, one of the guys that actually was 20 seconds in front of the field was Matt Basso, um, who's been on this podcast. Um, him and his father, Paul, are extremely active in what they do in terms of reaching out. So, therefore, I had you know, something to talk about a little bit, even though he's 20 seconds in front of the field, I had nothing else. But uh, <laughs> even that, like uh, I've been mates with uh, with Johnny Grother uh, for 100 years. Like it makes me feel old that I'm commentating his nine-year-old son. Had a drink with him and Kel on Friday night. Like, yeah, it's like John John Golfer, like I started in karting. He was doing like um, the Ford Kart Stars Rotax series at the time. I was at uh, Kart Oz Magazine. And John was actually my go-to for all the information. <laughs> I'd ring him at the end of the weekend to get to work out exactly what was going on when I couldn't travel. So uh, it's been that long that um, that John's been around and now Carter, his son, is um, yeah. starting to come through and we're starting to talk about, um, you know, they're starting to talk about his brand and Carter's actually taking um, notice of his personal brand. He doesn't speak much, but they're saying, like, you know, He's out there in the cart. He's like, can you see the soddy cart on the back of my suit? And stuff like that to them. And well, that is like, you know, he's a helmet behind the wheel, basically. But And that's like what we try and do here is to get them out of their, I guess, out of their helmet um, in front of the screens and, and to build their confidence. Uh, I love that, that the fact that you and I go to racetracks Yes, we do watch the racing, but predominantly we are looking at sponsorship activations. We are looking who's sponsoring. We're looking what's happening around the track. We are actually looking at fan engagement. And I say to everybody, whether it's supercars or whether it's TCRs or I still can't get my head around the word speed series here, which I will for next year without doubt. Um, but even, um, you know, uh, if again. <laughs> I think it changed its name again the other week, didn't it? Oh, I know. <laughs> Anyway, ARG, ARG stuff. Like ASA, like around, like seeing the different sponsorships around um, and, yeah, just seeing how it can actually relate to the, the athletes themselves and um, the opportunities it can re um, represent. I always say that, obviously, if there's a sticker on the part of the vehicle, then they've already got an interest with in motorsports. So if you can find a unique way to contact them, I'm not saying to go and steal that sponsorship, certainly, but if you've got something unique that you think, hey, I actually, um, for example, if it was San Remo, I actually love cooking pasta, um, you know, and that's, that's something that I do have every week, then certainly you can go there and go, hey, look, I saw your sticker on Blah Blah's a transporter and I was just wondering, you know, and having that opening line for them to start that conversation Again, without stealing it, but knowing that they've already got an interest within motorsports is a little bit of a softer sell than going to someone in cold call without them having any knowledge or awareness of what's actually involved in going motorsport racing. Yeah, I think um, I was listening to, I think it was Vance Joy. He did uh, Mark Howard's Howie Games Artist Series uh, recently. I'm pretty sure it was Vance Joy. And Howie always asked what um, 
you know, what advice you'd have for young people and so on and so forth. And the answer was to be present. Um, just have presence as in, like, be aware of your surroundings, be aware of what's going on in your area and how you might be able to leverage what's going on. So, for example, to use the pastor example, um, for example, to use an example, yeah, anyway, um, to use, use pastor as your example. So if you are passionate about cooking pasta, well, go to San Remo, go to one of these pasta companies and go, look, this is what I, my passion this is what I do, this is what I want to do, then how do you leverage it? Okay, well, you might video yourself making up a pasta meal. Like you might do that once every uh, fortnight, for example. Um, so therefore, it's not about being in motorsport. Like it's not just about being a helmet. It's about something else. And going back to I use Johnny Grother as an example with Carter earlier on, he loved chopper chops. <laughs> Yeah. Based up in um, based up in Gladstone. Well, how he got a Chupa Chups sponsorship, he went to his local corner store, said, I love Chupa Chups. Who do I talk to? They introduced him to the distributor. Next thing you know, and at that time, MotoGP was huge on the Chupa Chup helmet. I think it was Lorenzo that had the Chupa Chup helmet. Well, Johnny got a sponsorship from Chupa Chups and created the helmet. Then he used to go along at the major events and hand out Chupa Chups to the kids on the fence. And now Carter's got a Chupa Chups helmet and had various... Um, had various iterations of the Chupa Chup Summit. So it's about being present. And what are your passions? Like if your passion is technology, okay, what do you do? How can you then go to a technology company and go, well, this is what I do. This is what I want to do. I can do an unboxing. I can do this. I can do that. How do I actually leverage up what I can do for you over and above what's on my race car? And it's a matter of just talking to people. There's, there's no such thing as a new idea. So steal with pride. Like there's no such thing as a brand new idea because it's already a brand new idea. Because you're unique and what you can bring, like exactly what you're saying, your skill sets or interests or hobbies is going to be what what you're unique about. And then how you can actually implement that benefit to that sponsor is going to be that point of difference. Mm. No, that's exactly right. I mean, um, you look at uh, Matt McLean, for example, in the Super 2 Championship. Um, he'll go around again, but what's different about Matt? He's got long, curly hair. Um, he stands out from the crowd. He's got his tight, skinny jeans on. His mates that have just, you know, walked out of the, the pub where they've been playing the night before. He's a guitarist in a band. Um, he looks different. He looks different. He is different. And that's what his point of difference is. No one likes everyone being the same like and you know a lot of the problem with motorsport people is that you become cookie cutter um yeah. everyone's the same so if you have got something that's a little bit different Matty Basso we mentioned before he's got the curly hair going on he's got over five million views on one of his TikTok videos because he's a bit of a TikTok lunatic um I'm not really into but also looking and I always say to everybody and um, to all our clients like make sure you follow Luke King as well because he does yeah. Fantastic work for his sponsors, gaining new sponsors, representing his sponsors, um, and as well as Matt. Uh, very, very different um, people. He he presents well. So, for example, at Gold Coast 600, Luke had presence because of the way that he presents. Like, you know, it's not about being a supermodel or anything like that, but if you dress well and everything's, you know, presented well, people take notice. People take notice of you if you actually walk around, like me at the moment, but uh, if you walk around looking um, looking like you belong there, 
Um, it's one of the advice, you know, I was speaking to, as I said before, like with Alex Gardner when he went over to the Ferrari shootout. I said, from the time that you walk out of your hotel room until the time that you walk back in, you're a Formula One driver. If you yeah. want to be noticed, you do not get involved in the rubbish because, um, you know, there, there would have been plenty of other drivers at that, uh, that, that shootout that would have tried to influence um, Alex in the way that he went about it. Um, I said, you do not buy into that. You communicate with the media people, you communicate with the engineer, you communicate with those people on a one-to-one -one level, and that's what you have to do. You have to be in that mind space the whole time. Like, you've got to be in that headspace literally from the time that um, that you walk off the plane to an event that you're going to. You're ready yeah. to go. You're ready for action. Um, and you don't get involved because, like, you know, I see a lot of kids at, um, at, at a go-kart track or whatever, and I look at them and I'm like, I'm not going to back you if I'm a sponsor or if I'm acting on behalf of a sponsor and they come to me and said, how about Joe Bloggs? I'm going to go, no, he's not, not the right fit for your brand. But if you are presented well and that comes down to your T-shirt, that comes down to your race suit, it comes down to everything. Like if you're walking around and you've got an oily race suit on, you've got an oily race shirt on, not even going to touch it. Like would not even mention you into the conversation um, because you just don't get it and you know you've got other guys that as soon as they're finished racing they get out of the race seat they're in a, a cleanly pressed t-shirt or cleanly pressed shirt um and so on and they, they're the ones that stand out um yeah. and you don't know you don't know who's walking around that paddock you don't know the money that's walking around that paddock you don't know what they're looking for or who they're looking for and even like what fans are going to turn up to the event to support you. They may have been one of your five million dollar at five million TikTok viewers that have come up to actually watch you. Um, and so everyone that you speak to, like I said previously, is that you are walking billboard, not to the, the effect of hey, sponsor me. But when you're talking to them, you know, being professional, trying to get them involved, making sure that they're following you on somehow on social media or getting their email. Um, address to join onto your um, newsletter and something like that to keep building that their brand profile. Yeah, have have a QR code on an A-frame out the front of your um, at the front of your ten of your garage and have that linked then to a link tree where they can sign up to like your your newsletter, your Facebook, your Instagram, your TikTok, your Snapchat, your whatever. Um, have all that <laughs> through like there are those opportunities like Linktree now that you can um, have one link and it has all of your separate uh, separate links out and like you know speaking of um you know opportunities that present themselves there was a u.s drag racer i think his name is scotty cannon um who uh one day was looking after this young kid like he was at the um at the pit area put this young kid into the car had a chance to talk to the old man signed an autograph on the poster da 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 da, -da. the old man was actually an executive at oakley next thing you know He's got a major sponsorship from Oakley because he looked after the kid. And that's Correct. 100% what he's got to do. You just don't know who that's is right. walking past at any one time. And even though you might think you're in the back of nowhere um, at a go-kart track, again, you don't know who's walking around. Like, you know, some of the people that I've seen walking around, some of the money that I know that's walking around those go-kart tracks and so on and so forth, um, you know, they're always potentially looking um, looking for someone or something to um, to actually get involved in. And, um, yeah, you just don't know. So it's a matter of um, just, as we say, have your presence, 
um, and presence of mind to always be in that mind frame that there might be an opportunity that presents itself. It's like, um, for example, like with um, World Supercross, I mentioned that I'd been working with those guys before. I went for a meeting about sponsorship news to um, to meet the commercial team and learn what their sponsorships were doing. Less than a week later, I'm sitting at a desk, and a week after that, the whole team's on a plane to Cardiff in Wales for the first event. And that's how that came about. It was actually um, an opportunity. I sat down and oh yeah, what's going on? I've got a few few gaps. Just say you've got a few gaps. Well, we've got a few gaps here, so why don't you come and fill them? So um, that's one of those things that you've just got to be ready to go. Um, at any yeah. And as I say to people as well, always make sure that in your kit bag that you've got a good pair of jeans or pants and a button-up shirt because you never know when you're going to have to go to a meeting. Mm-hmm. You could have to go to a meeting on on a on a on a knife's edge, which happened to me when I moved to Brisbane. I was up to the Gold Coast for a meeting. Uh, while I was here, I got a phone call. The next morning, I had a meeting at the airport and ended up taking the second job. Um, so that that happened back in two thousand and eight, um, and I've left Queensland since. So it's just <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a Queenslander. Um, <laughs> I bleed blue, uh, but you've just got to. You've got to you've got to be ready for those scenarios. Like you don't know what meeting might present itself from somebody that you've been reaching out to. You could have that meeting at Sydney Airport, at Melbourne Airport, at Adelaide Airport. You don't know. So um, just always be ready to go. Always have those um, that good pair of pants and a good tea, good shirt ready to go, uh, just in case. I love that strategy. Thanks, Matt. I haven't had that one before. Um, so if people wanted to work with you in 2023, how can they get in contact with you? What kind of services can you offer them? Yeah, so um, so media training, obviously, but but certainly uh, traditional PR, so, um, you know, developing strategy around how we're going to tell your story, who we're going to tell your story to, um, and then going out there and telling that story. So whether that's through your media, like your speed cafes, for example, your auto actions, uh, motorsport.coms, um, those type of things with the traditional press release, even your local area media. Uh, but yep. then right through to coming up to how do we position you? What what is your what is your story? What's your point of difference? And how we then go about uh, pushing that forward, whether that be through um, coming up with a social media strategy, you might just come to me and um, have a chat about what you want to try and do, whether we go down the track of doing some video work, um, whether we just, just sit around and do interviews like this, we just sit around and have a chat and um, just generally knock on the door and um, and how we go about it. For example, um, you know, Alex, we're looking at a few projects with him over the coming um, over the coming weeks on what he's going to do next year um, and what he might be able to do. Um, we're working with uh, looking at working with a couple of teams um, across various categories next year on um, on what they're doing, or just general, yeah, just a general sounding board, um, getting your profile together and start telling your story, getting it out there. So um, you can reach out to me via Matt at Acclaim Media. A C C L A I M E D I A dot com dot au. That's Matt with two T's. Um, or uh, drop me a note through social media, and we can start to have that discussion. And certainly, if you go to Belinda um, at Motivate, if you don't 
have my detail written down there, but then um, she'll certainly uh, connect us and off we go. We can start to have a chat and then work out exactly what's, um, what you need, what you want to do um, and what your program is. Like it, depending on whether you're coming from carts and moving into um, uh, circuit racing um, or you're already in circuit racing and you want to move forward or you're in speedway and want to do something different because I think there's some great opportunities in that speedway um, and those kind of grassroots level areas to do something a bit different that not many people are doing at the moment so um yeah by all means reach out to us and um we'll have a chat about uh what you're up to um and what we can do with you to move forward well thank you matt for all of your knowledge love passion and always that you've shared with us today of course i'll put all those links to matt's details in the show notes or otherwise you can head over to motivatetraining.com.au forward slash podcast and that episode will be there, of course, also on your preferred platform that you're listening to today. So thanks very much, Maddie. Hopefully it won't be another 132 episodes that we have you on. Uh, and, of course, we always welcome whenever you'd like to interview anybody and share it with us over in the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. No, thanks very much. It's great to be back. Go back in the archive. You'll hear me on the other side of the fence as well. Um, also the very first podcast, which is a few years ago now. So, yeah, go and check that one out. Um, hopefully I haven't uh, doubled up on too many, too much ground there, but I've tried to be a bit different today and uh, bring some different insights into, um, into the way that we go about it. And I uh, trust that everyone's enjoyed. And, of course, there's that interview, I think, with Brock Feeney as well as Luke King. Uh, and there's a little mini one with Alex Gunner prior to him going to the Ferrari Driving Academy. So, again, Maddie, thanks very much. Take care. Looking forward to working with you and seeing you in 2023. Yeah, hopefully we can see each other face-to-face for the first time in a while. Take care. Thanks for that. Enjoy, the opportunity. Enjoy the opportunity as always. Thanks, Maddie. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to Team. Until next time, take care.